The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I have a very effective program that teaches you how to love people in a healthy way, not a hurtful one. If you think that might be helpful to you, head over to healedbeing.com and sign up for the first four lessons for free. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I hope you uh, give me a break today because <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get my voice back. I went into a rebound with something that I, that I had, so I'm doing my best. And um, today I'm going to address a question that came up in the Facebook group that I run, the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group. And it's a person who wrote that they don't know how to handle a situation. And they said their husband wanted to do a project and update something in the house. This person wrote, I support this project, but I expressed to him that I would also like some input on the outcome, such as the paint color. However, when my ideas don't align with his, he gets mad and he doesn't want to do the project. Neither of us feels like we can move forward. For additional context, my husband is emotionally manipulative. He has done other, quote, projects around the house as a, quote, gift. And when I'm not 100% enthusiastic or appreciative, he takes offense. Thank you for asking that question. Sorry you were dealing with this. It's interesting how you ended the the comment that you made here, the post, that uh, you know he's emotionally manipulative. So you're already in an acceptance phase of his manipulation, which means it's really a no-win situation. Like you get into a conversation with him and he has an agenda to manipulate. So you're already on the losing side. So there's a lot of ways to approach this. Uh, one of them is a relationship should be one of equality, one where you can talk back and forth and come to a decision. And another way to approach it is uh, why would somebody give a gift only upon the condition that the gift is something that they want to uh, make very specific for you instead of something that you want, like um, one of the... Uh, People that commented said, it's not a gift if it only suits or pleases the giver. I agree. Thank you for that, that person's post there, that comment, because it's true. Gifts should have no strings attached. But if you want to manipulate a circumstance, it might have a string attached. So there's that aspect. And there's also the aspect of his insecurities. If he's insecure and wants to feel, I don't know, wants to pump his ego wants to feel like he's a hero, then what he's looking for is an answer like, uh, let's say the scenario is like this. Hey, honey, I'm going to do this project and I wanted to get your input. So I just wanted to share this and tell you what I'm going to do. And uh, what are your thoughts on it? My take on this is what he wants to hear is 
oh my God, that sounds great. I can't wait to see it. It's probably going to be amazing because you're doing it. I remember being this way. <laughs> I remember being the person that says, I'm going to update this thing in the house. And then when my partner, Asha, says, well, uh, I don't want that specific thing you're going to do, I felt a little, I don't want to say offended, but I felt like I couldn't show up as the hero. I, I felt like I couldn't arrive as the person who did something for the house, for her, for us, and something was being highlighted in me that wasn't uh, good enough. And this is old stuff now, but this is what happened years ago, and maybe to a small degree today, <laughs> because I really want to show up as a hero to the person I love, because those are probably from old insecurities. So this is what can happen. This, this is not emotional manipulation. It's, hey, I've done something. What do you think? And my partner can say, oh my God, that's so wonderful. You're the best. How does that not feel good? It feels good. It feels good when somebody you care about, when somebody whose opinion you respect, says something nice about what you did and sees it as a gift. The problem is that gift has strings attached. In this scenario, what I'm doing is hoping that she fills my ego with her admiration. And what I'm looking for is to show up as Superman for someone to say, you saved the day. That is probably some masculine part of me that wants to be admired, some egoistic part of me that wants to be admired and um, looked up to. And so that can still be in there a little bit sometimes. I've, I've learned to work with that. <laughs> I've learned that uh, there's another person in this house who has completely different ideas about what uh, the finished product should look like. But it has been helpful for me to experience this, to understand that um, when I am offended or you know whatever the word is, I'm not happy that I can't be the hero, that... I'm also, in a very big way, invalidating her input, invalidating what she values, and not really giving it as a gift to her, but as a gift to me. And this is what I see here. He wants to give a gift of your adoration and admiration to himself. That's what he's looking for. And I could be wrong, absolutely, but for someone to just cancel the project because you have a different color in mind, that doesn't tell me he's looking to work together to complete something. That tells me he wants to show up as the hero. The way I would tell you how to handle this, because this is not healthy. I mean, the way he's responding is not healthy. If you disagree with a color choice or you offer your input as a color choice and it doesn't match what he already has in mind, then he is feeling insecure or he's feeling like, he can't show up as that hero or if you're the hero then why bother doing it at all which is why I'm telling you it seems more like a gift to himself for that adoration and admiration if he can't feel that way then he may not go through with it because what's the point if you had input then he can't say I'm 100% responsible for this I'm 100% the reason this is this way and look at my work. Look at what I did for the house 
look at what I did for you. I'm the hero. I went out and did the hunting. I'm the one who killed the boar or the bear and brought it home. This was all me. I really do think there's, maybe this happens with women too, but I've seen this mostly with men. I really think there's a, a primal instinct still in there in our genetics that makes us want to show up as the hero. A lot of men, not all men, but I think there's a lot out there that, you know, including myself, that want to be seen as a hero to the people that we have in our lives. Now, I'm giving him a lot of leeway because you said he was emotionally manipulative, which takes all that leeway away. If he's emotionally manipulative, again, it could be very much having to do with his insecurities. An insecure feeling about himself, his self-worth, his self-esteem, and walking around with those feelings of low self-worth or low self-esteem or wanting to be liked, wanting to be loved, and doing things for people to get that feeling, walking around like that can certainly create a dysfunctional situation and even a toxic situation like the one you may be describing here. Um, I had a friend once that did an entire project on his own with no one's input. It was for a company that uh, at least two or three people should have given their input because the end result was something that when we saw it, we all had something that needed to change, even though he finished it. So he finished this project and we asked for certain things to be changed. And um, it was hard to do because he had already finished it. He was looking for, and this is a total assumption, but I'm pretty good with assuming things, but not always. <laughs> so he presented this project and my assumption was that he wanted everyone to look at him and say, oh my God, this is amazing. This is so cool. This is great. You did excellent. Thank you so much for doing this for the company. It's 100% perfect. And when somebody does that, I mean, just try that on for a moment. If somebody came up to you and said, what you did was perfect. It was perfect for what we needed. Thank you so much. Don't change a thing. How does that feel? It almost checks every box for me. If somebody comes up and says, everything you did was perfect, it would check every box for me. The only box it wouldn't check is maybe a, a box of, do you really believe what they're saying? But it would be really good. <laughs> it would feel really good to hear that from somebody. I actually heard that or something like it from someone that I really respected his uh, musical talent. He's been playing for many, many years, guitar and bass and all this other stuff. And I was on stage. I don't know if you know, but I play harmonica and I don't normally go on stage. But um, my partner, Asha, she played the keyboard and we were at the Hard Rock Cafe. It was a, a cool thing. And I was on stage and I played the, a couple songs with her. And my um, musician friend said, that was flawless. I was elated and, and shocked. I couldn't believe it because I hear all the technical glitches. But he said, that was flawless. And when I heard that from him, that was so huge. It, it felt so good to hear that. And I took that with me and I keep it with me and I use it when I need it. <laughs> I use that those words that he said. Because I had fears being on stage. That was like, maybe my second or third time in my life. And it was at a bigger place than I've ever been. And it was scary for me. So to hear him say that was uh, memorable. 
and it certainly lifted my spirits and filled my ego. And I felt really good about it. And so I take that with me. I keep his words that was flawless with me. And it doesn't mean I feel flawless every time I do it. It's far from that. But it makes me feel good knowing that somebody I respected and admired myself said that about me. There's a good feeling that comes along when somebody says something like that to you. So this, again, it makes me sound like I'm siding with this guy and I'm not. I'm not siding with him because he shouldn't be doing this. But what I am saying is I'm giving you a reason that it happens, that we can carry around these insecurities that make us feel like uh, we need to do something for someone else or act a certain way so that we can feel more secure in ourselves, so we can feel better about ourselves, so we can feel loved or liked. And when those aren't addressed, like if I never addressed my people-pleasing, where I wanted to be liked or loved by others. So I would say yes to things I didn't really want to do. And I would accommodate when I didn't really want to accommodate. I would go against my own values, all to be liked by others and all to be seen as a nice guy. If I didn't have that people pleasing, then I wouldn't have to do these other possible, sometimes very dysfunctional behaviors. And so this is what happens is that if we don't address those dysfunctional behaviors, they can turn into manipulations. They can turn into toxic behaviors. And this is what it appears that this person's husband is doing. He sets it up so that he can make himself feel good and he can look like the hero, my words, and he's hoping everything will go his way and that his partner, his spouse, will say, that's so nice. That's so great. Thank you for doing that. I can't wait to see the finished product. And he might be asking for input to make it sound like that uh, he's including you, <laughs> the person who wrote. It might be him trying to make it sound like he's including you, but what he really wants is your agreement of how he wants to approach things, how he wants to do it. And I can picture him in my mind because I'm picturing myself in the way I used to be creating this perfect image of the project that I did and the look on my partner's face. I picture that in my mind before I even start the project and then I present it as if it's going to be a gift, but everything has to fit the picture that I created in my mind. And if it doesn't, now I feel insecure. Now I think that my partner thinks that I'm not good enough that I'm not creative enough, that I'm not going to choose the right colors, and I see it as her looking down on me. I see it as her thinking that I have flaws. The opposite of flawless. <laughs> if she sees that I have flaws, then that brings up other insecurities in me. Again, this is the old me, but I can definitely picture myself in this space that this guy might be in. If she sees that I have flaws then that kicks in another insecurity of my fear of being alone, being abandoned, being rejected. And that's where my old emotionally abusive, emotionally manipulative behaviors came from. And those fears drove my bad behaviors. And so I've built the foundation of the possible or probable reasons that this guy is the way he is, the way he's acting. Now let's talk about 
what I would do to address it. And this is going to be a fairly simple, quick answer. Uh, you may or may not want to do this, but I suggest you try. When I was this way, and this didn't really happen, but I learned it over the years, when you're dealing with an insecure person that wants to hear a certain answer, a certain response, it's important that you address the objection. I've talked about this on another episode, but it's important that you address the objection you know you're going to get. And what I mean by that, in this case, this person can predict what her husband's going to say because they've been with their partner, they've been with their husband for a very long time, probably, and they got to know their partner and how he responds. So what I'm going to suggest is predict how he'll respond based on what you say. So if you said, here's my input, let's try um, brown as a paint color or light blue or whatever. You just give him your input. If you just say that, then you're risking painting a different picture than the image he's already created in his mind. So if his image in his mind is, I'm going to paint this red, and it could be a light coat of red, it could be a dark coat of red, or it could be red and black, and you come along and say, oh, brown or blue sounds great, and he doesn't have that same image in his mind, then his whole world shatters, and I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> it may not be an exaggeration. His whole world might shatter because it didn't match the picture in his mind. I'm not saying you have to do this, and I'm not saying that you should live this way and always try to match his image, his perfect picture in his mind. I'm saying, again, this is what can and probably does happen, is that as soon as you introduce your input, it shatters his plan in his head, and now he's no longer the hero. Because Superman doesn't come along and say, hey, uh, can you help me over here? <laughs> can you uh, tell me if I should save this person falling off a bridge or save this person in front of um, a train? Which one should I save? Superman doesn't do that. Superman doesn't need to do that. He's just going to fly as fast as possible and save everyone he can. But this is the analogy I think of as Superman. Like if he wants to feel like Superman, then... We can either say, no, I'm not going to let him feel like Superman because it's his insecurity. He has to deal with it. And I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> if you want to have that relationship with this person, you can do that. You can pretty much go against what he's insecure about and let him deal with his own insecurities his own way. I'm cool with that because he does need to deal with these insecurities. So he doesn't do these manipulative behaviors anymore. And you might need to address that. You might need to say, every time I give you my input, you get upset or you just quit and don't want to do anything. So I'm afraid to give you my input. You could say that. That's one approach. I don't really want to give you my input because when I do, it doesn't match what you have in your head. And then you don't want to do the project anymore. So I'm going to step out. I'm going to back off of this. And if you want to do the project the way you want to do it, great. I mean, that is one approach and there are ways to do that approach differently, but that is one way to at least address what's going on inside of him. You could look at that as addressing an objection because an objection might be what you want it to be blue. I, forget it. I'm not going to do it. So you will address the objection by saying, 
look, every time I give you my input on a project that you want to do for us, you say it's for us. I'm not, I'm adding some stuff here, but every time I give you my input, if you don't agree with that input, then you just don't do it. So I'm going to step away. I'm going to step out of this and I'll just let you do the project the way you want. Now, what this does is it forces him to approach and address his insecurity. And it may make him upset. He might say, that's not true. <laughs> but this is good either way. If, even if it doesn't make him upset, what you've done is you've set yourself up or at least you've given yourself a better chance to have a win-win conversation with him. Because for him to suddenly back off after you give your input then, it will make you right. And that's not what he wants. At least, you know, I'm putting some assumptions here, but the way I was and the way he sounds, it sounds like he wants to be right. It sounds like he wants to be the hero. And since he doesn't want to be wrong, making you right would be a big problem. So if you address the objection, handle the objection beforehand by saying something like, look, I'm going to back off because when I give you my input on a project that you're excited about, uh, if you don't like it or if it doesn't match the picture in your mind, then you don't do the project. You, you feel hurt or offended or I don't know what you feel. If you want to share how you feel, great. I'd love to talk about it. But usually when I give my input on something like this, you're not very crazy about it and then you just don't do the project at all. So I would rather have you do the project and enjoy it and create what you want to create. And if it turns out that you like it in the end, then I might be able to get used to it. Now, this is like submitting, I know. Like, you can't just let him do anything he wants because you both live there and it should be a fair process where you talk about things. I agree. But I look at these things as experimental. I look at it as when you say something like, look, I'm going to back off because, you know, or you don't have to use those words. Like, I'm, I'm not going to give you my input this time because the last time I did, this is what happened. You could say it like that, or you could say it in another way, which I'm going to give you in a second. But what you're doing is highlighting what needs to be addressed and not really talking about the project or the subject of the conversation. You're highlighting what will probably absolutely happen in the conversation before it happens. And when you highlight it, uh, he becomes conscientious of it. He becomes aware that you're aware. And if you highlight something that he then does, he does not want you to say, see, this is exactly why I didn't want to say anything. He doesn't want that to happen because why? He doesn't look like the hero that way. He doesn't look like somebody that somebody looks up to. If he wants you to look up to him, that's not going to work. So if I'm right and he wants to be the hero and he wants to be admired and adored, then the approach that I'm suggesting about highlighting what will likely happen in the conversation is one way to do it. We are in the new year, and while everyone's talking about changing themselves, I want to focus on what we can keep the same, like that inner strength you've been nurturing or the small wins you've achieved. I remember one time in my life, I had to work on facing the echoes of a toxic family member that used to make every conversation a careful dance around their temper. 
but therapy was my turning point, and that's why I'm so grateful for our sponsor today, BetterHelp. Therapy was the place I could unpack the baggage and walk out lighter and stronger. It's not necessarily about changing who you are, it's about refining and building on the person you've already become. If you're thinking of starting therapy, consider BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed around your life and your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and remember, you can switch therapist anytime at no extra charge. It's the support you need when and how you need it. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash brain today. You'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain. The new year doesn't have to be about resolutions. It can be about evolution. Evolve with BetterHelp. Another way to do it is, again, handling the objection before the objection comes. You have to predict what he'll say. So you got to run, run this through your mind first. Okay, if I tell him the colors that I'd like for him to paint then what will he say? And you know him well enough now, I'm going to guess, that you'll get the response that you have posted here. Because you already said, my husband is emotionally manipulative and he's done other projects around the house that he has called a gift. And when I am not 100% enthusiastic or appreciative, hero worship, (laughs) he takes offense. And he's taking offense because he's not the hero. He's not getting that hero worship that he's looking for. This is my educated guess. This is just how I see things. It may be completely off. There may be something else going on, but this is the way I would look at it, the way I would respond to it if I were in this situation just like you are. Now, the other approach that I wanted to talk about is, again, handling the objection. What is the objection? That's not going to work. That paint color is not going to work. Therefore, I'm not going to do it at all because it doesn't match the perfect image of my head. This is all going on in his mind. After you visualize how the conversation will go, before you say anything, I want you to come up with a question in your head. And the question will introduce the objection as a subject of conversation in a way that asks him if it's okay to introduce that objection. And what I mean by that is, let's just say we're talking about paint color. He says, I have this project. I can't wait to do it. I'm excited. I want to do it for us. I want to do it for the house. I know you'll love it. Whatever he says, you immediately visualize that uh, you want a certain paint color and you know that you may have a difference in opinion about what that paint color is with him. So you come up with a question about introducing a paint color. And the question is actually two questions. One of them is, would you be okay if we talked about what color uh, you're going to paint it? Would you be okay if we talked about what color we're going to paint it? What this does is make him aware that you are now observing his reaction to to your next comment about paint color. Would you be okay if we talked about the paint color? Now he has to think about, well, uh, I better be okay because I just said yes. Now, if he says no, I wouldn't be okay, then you already know where that conversation is going to go and you don't have to go down that road. I mean, if you don't want to, you certainly could, you know, if you paint it brown, I'm not going to like it. So just letting you know ahead of time. Well, fine. I won't do the project. Well, great. Because I didn't want brown anyway. (laughs) That's the kind of conversation I would have. But 
I don't recommend that for everyone. It doesn't always go that way and it can make things worse sometimes, but I like being more direct. Of course, you try to soften things up and you try to say, "Eh, I, I don't really agree with that pink color, but sometimes if you're dealing with, well, many times when you're dealing with an emotionally manipulative person, they're going to say, well, fine. They'll throw up their hand and do some stonewalling and walk away and make you feel bad for even thinking about any other picture than the one they had in their mind. But the question, would you be okay if XYZ? Would you be okay if I brought this up? Would you be okay if we had a conversation about XYZ? Because now he's focusing on his own reaction. He has to be aware of his reaction to whatever you talk about. And if he said, well, of course I'll be okay, let's talk about it, then in order to stay the hero, he has to be okay with the conversation, which means he has to control his emotions when he talks. That way he can never get into that situation, that position where you say, I thought you said you'd be okay if we talked about this. He doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want those words to come out of your mouth. I thought you'd be okay with this. You said you'd be okay. And he doesn't want that because why? That's not what a hero looks like. And so the other question I was talking about is, again, addressing the objection by asking this question. Would you like my input? That's it. What you're doing is asking him if it's okay to have your input. And what this should do in his mind, at least it does in mine and many others, is allow room for input. Because some people go into their, quote, gift-giving process, what they're going to do when they give a gift that has a string attached, they go in with very high defensive walls. They are expecting objections. And so when you ask the question, would you like my input? Or even, can I give you any input? Would that be okay? then what might happen, and probably what will happen, is that he allows room for it. He may still reject it, he may still not like it, but he allows room for it, which may give you an extra step toward agreement or conversation that might go well, or not. If he's truly manipulating, then he's going to find every which way to get what he wants all the time. But the fact that he approached you and he's telling you these things tells me that he does really want to be the hero or fill his ego or feel liked or loved or whatever it is. And I'm making, again, I'm making assumptions about him and I'm, I don't know him from anyone. So if he's listening now or someone like him is listening now, this is the same type of person, it's no offense at all. I'm, I'm giving a scenario that can and often does happen. And of course, I'm speaking from my own experience from the way I used to be. And again, trickles in every now and then. (laughs) I still want to be the hero. But uh, coming back to what I'm saying is that what you're doing is asking questions. Would it be okay if I give you my input? Would it be okay if we talk about the paint color? You're opening that space in his mind and hopefully bringing his defensive walls down a little bit. Now, let me give you the last question, which is basically the Sort of the sort of opposite of the first question. The last question you could ask, and these aren't all asked at the same time. This is just pick one and go with it. The last question that you can consider to pick when you're talking about this kind of stuff is, would you be upset if I had a, a suggestion or a different idea? That's it. Would you be upset if I had a different idea 
that might change the project a little bit? Or would you be upset if we talked about the paint color? Would you be upset if um, I asked for one small change? What this does is it causes him to focus on the fact that you are now observing if he's going to be upset. Just like before, you are now observing if he's going to be okay, but now you're observing if he's going to be upset. Now, you don't want to ask, well, are you going to be upset if I tell you to paint it a different color? Because <laughs> that's sort of aggressive and he's going to take it defensively and his walls are going to go up even higher and then nothing's going to come of it. You're going to have a bad conversation or he's going to quit, stonewall you and walk away. The question, would you be upset if I blank, whatever it is, that causes him to focus on, again, his reaction. The one thing I love about this question is that if he's ready to be upset, he's ready to be defensive, he's ready to say, forget it, just forget this whole thing. If he's ready, if he's in that space already, or he's near that trigger state, then what it does is squash the energy behind it a little bit or a lot. Because now you're highlighting how unattractive upset is. It's unattractive to you, to a lot of people, when someone gets upset about something you say. And so when you say, would you be upset if I suggest something? Would you be upset if we have a conversation on the color? When you say something like that, you are implying that it's unattractive. You are also implying that he is insecure about something and he wants to prove you wrong. <laughs> he wants to prove you wrong about that insecurity. He wants to make sure that what you're saying is completely inaccurate. The hero wants to prove you wrong in this case. <laughs> the hero wants to prove you wrong that they are not insecure. They are not dysfunctional. They are not what you predict them to be upset because upset is unattractive. They don't want to look unattractive to you. They want to look right. They want to be right in your eyes. Again, if he's looking for admiration and adoration and filling that ego and wanting to be loved, not wanting to be abandoned and all this um, dysfunction that we carry around sometimes, that can really drive our behaviors like I was saying. And so if you ask that kind of question, it's going to feel really good to prove you wrong. <laughs> it's going to feel really good to prove you wrong that he doesn't get upset at things like this. So he's going to have probably a more controlled, more tempered conversation with you, more balanced, and hopefully it will go somewhere. Now inside, he may feel angry or upset, and he's going to do it anyway now because he agreed to it, but he's not going to like it, but then maybe the outcome he will like, and he will especially like the adoration and admiration that he gets when you see the finished product and are very happy. It means to an end. Now, there's a lot of people listening right now <laughs> that are saying, why are you manipulating the manipulator? Why are you reversing what's going on here and becoming the person that you're dealing with? You shouldn't have to do that. Why can't you have an open, honest conversation and ask the question, why do you get upset when I offer some other piece of advice or offer some other input? Why I don't want to tell you, I don't want to have this conversation because you get upset. Why can't you just get into that direct conversation? Why can't you just have a deep, honest conversation like that? Why can't you just 
tell him that uh, you're afraid to give your input because every time you do, you get upset. And we sort of talked about this already. But uh, why can't you have this honest conversation with a person? Because they're your partner and communication is like one of the number one components of a relationship that as long as it's healthy and as long as it's good and honest, it keeps it going. It strengthens the bond and more and more. So we look at communication as a very important tool in our relationship. So Paul, why are you trying to dilly dally around this and trying to get the results almost the same way in a manipulative way? That's a very, very good question. And I'm going to answer that. I promise after the outro of this show where I say my thank yous and my goodbyes, I'm going to answer the question. Why can't you just have a direct conversation with him and bring it out in the open, put it on the table? Why can't you just say, look, every time we talk about this, you get upset. So are we going to talk about why you get upset? And I'm also going to answer the question, is there a benefit to doing it the way I talked about in this episode? Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. Stick around right after this. I'm going to give you those answers and or at least give you my perspective, my approach, and it may help you understand why I'm answering it this way. And again, thank you for listening to the show. I want to thank our patrons of the week. They are Anna, Harriet, Brad, Ashley, Winnie, Stephen, Paige. I'm keeping my voice. Thank you so much. I'm trying to keep my voice. I am appreciative of you. Thank you, patrons. They are the financial backers of the show and they help keep the show going. And oh boy, I think this person donated just uh, to make me pronounce their name. <laughs> uh, Eglantina? Eglantina? Eglantine? I am so grateful for your donation. It was very generous. Thank you. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for your donation and thank you for your support. If you value the show and you want to give back too, head over to moretob.com. There are options to do that over there. Thank you again. I am very grateful for all of you. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, talking about that today pretty much, listen to my other podcast called Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, maybe you're listening now, <laughs> join the program that is helping a lot of people heal and um, stop doing the behaviors that are hurting your relationships and hurting the people you love. That's a program I run called Healed Being over at HealedBeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. All right. I said I was going to answer that question or two questions I had. And the first question was, why can't we just have direct, honest communication? Why can't I just say, look, when you do this, you always stonewall me. You just walk away and drop the project and... Then you're upset and then we have a fight or we or you go silent or whatever it is. Why can't you do that? The answer is you can absolutely do that. I recommend you do that. I recommend that you have an honest conversation like that and pretty much make them accountable. Look, I try to help. I try to give you input, but it seems like you don't want to hear my input. The reason I don't normally give those types of responses on this show. I mean, I'm giving it to you now. <laughs> you can definitely have direct conversation, but the reason I don't like explore the most honest, direct path all the time. I mean, I do a lot, but I don't always do it is because usually the relationship is so established and that conversation has already taken place. Conversations like that have already taken place. And 
there's thousands and thousands of resources that you can find online that says, well, direct communication and honest communication is the key. 100%. I agree. It is the key. But if you can find that elsewhere, why listen to this show? I'm giving you every aspect of this, every angle, at least the ones I'm thinking of now. And if that doesn't work, then maybe this will work. And if that doesn't work, maybe this will work. I'm all for the honest approach first. I'm all for the direct approach first. If my fiance came to me and said, I want to do this project. I'm really excited. And I said, well, can we make it blue? And she said, blue, forget it. Never mind. I, I thought you'd, I thought you'd agree with me. I thought you'd go along with this because this is the way we should do it. If she said that, I'd say, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's talk about this. Why can't we talk about this? I mean, I'm allowed to have an opinion on it. I mean, if you're going to change something about the house that we both own, why can't we talk about what color it's going to be? And that would be a conversation. That would be something honest that might be hard, might be hard to have because maybe she had a perfect picture in her mind of what it's going to, what it looks like. And she knows that my selection of color sucks. <laughs> so she might say something like that, like, oh, forget it. I'm not going to do it at all. She wouldn't. I mean, I know her. She's not going to do that. She would approach me and say, will you build this for me? <laughs> so I would have to do all the work anyway. She does other work, but I'm the guy that works with wood. That didn't sound right, but <laughs> I, I build things and uh, she knows that. So she kind of has to work through me with me to get that done anyway. But if she had something in mind, like outside, she does some landscaping or whatever's going to make her happy and she knows it's going to look good. I tell you what, 99% of the time I'm like, okay, whatever you want to do because it makes you happy. That's my approach because it's the outside. She likes doing the landscaping. She likes doing the gardening and I trust her. And I also trust that when she's done, if she doesn't like it, she's going to change it. And if I don't like it, she may change it, but it doesn't matter because there's so much more to the house. I don't really have to look at something. I mean, it would have to be atrocious for me to say, no, we can't do that. We can't have that. It would have to be that bad. So when it comes to projects and things around the house, she usually trusts me, but she always has input. <laughs> I made that sound bad, but it's not. She always has input. Like, oh, I'm going to put the shelf here. And she might say, oh, it should be higher. And it should be uh, deeper. Don't put that shelf there or put it here. This is where I want it. I, I like her reasoning and I trust her reasoning. So I listen. But that's the kind of relationship we have. We listen to each other. We can talk about these things. We can even argue about these things. And I don't think that I'm in a bad relationship. It's just a relationship incident. <laughs> it happened. And then it goes away and it, there's no hard feelings. We just move on and we love each other and it all works out. So when you have a healthy or pretty healthy relationship, you can have direct conversations like this. You can have honest conversations like this. But the person who wrote in the Facebook group, she said he is emotionally manipulative. So I have to assume that is what's going on in their relationship. And because there's emotional manipulation going on, I can't give necessarily the same answers because it's going to be a different approach. Yes, I still agree in the direct approach and whatever happens, happens great. But 
Not everyone is ready to face what happens, and sometimes it makes the situation worse. Sometimes you'll be with a person and you give a direct, honest answer, and it makes living with them or being around them 10 times worse, and it never gets better. So how else can we approach it? The second question comes to mind. How can the questions I asked in today's episode benefit them? How can it work to their advantage, to both of them, to both of their advantage? And my answer comes in the form of positive reinforcement at the outcome. So let's just say that he ended up building this project in the color she wanted and she became so excited and said, you did such a great job. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing that color. It is so perfect. That makes me happy. That positive reinforcement is going to start trickling into his brain. Again, unless he's consciously manipulating and really doesn't care about how she feels, that's a whole different story. But I'm hoping this is just a dysfunction or insecurity that he's working with or working through and he needs to deal with it. And this can be one way to help him through it. Not that it's your job, not that you are the therapist, not that you should have to do this. But if you want to try, maybe it will improve the relationship. Maybe it will pull him out of this slump of dysfunction or insecurity and bring him into a better space inside himself so that he can open up and feel better about differences later on in different conversations. Maybe. I don't know. But this is why it is an experiment. So you have the conversation and you ask the questions, well, would it be okay if I made a suggestion? Would you be okay if I asked about uh, maybe changing the paint color? You know, those questions that we talked about in the episode. Let's just say that he goes through it and he's upset that the paint color is not the way he wants it. And he finally finishes the project and he doesn't like it. But you have a bright smiley face and you snuggle up to him and say, oh my God, you're my hero. (laughs) Maybe not in those words. It's going to be a positive reinforcement of being okay to allow the differences into his mind, into his perfect picture. The the disagreements even. There can be disagreements that start seeping into his perfect picture and it won't be a threat so much anymore when every outcome becomes more and more positive. So it's that positive reinforcement that when you ask these questions that we talked about and he goes through the motions anyway because now he feels like he has to, (laughs) you know, he doesn't really like your idea or whatever, but the finished product might make him start to realize or should make him start to realize that he is still a hero. The way he wants to get to heroism right now is not healthy, it's not functional, And he's going about it the wrong way. But when he finds out that doing it this other way that he's definitely against still makes him the hero, hopefully his stonewalling and his other insecurities will start to decrease and you will get along better and better. And maybe you'll find out that you're closer because he is starting to be a little bit more vulnerable, letting those defensive walls down even more. And maybe that will change your relationship. So that can happen. Doesn't always happen. You don't always end up with somebody that ever wants to go that way. Some people just want to be right no matter what. And 
They want to make sure that you are always wrong so they feel superior. I mean, there are people like that. Hopefully that's not him. Hopefully there's some hope left here and he won't stay manipulative and he'll learn about himself and that's that. <laughs> so I wish you the best with this. My fingers are crossed for you. Thank you so much for asking that question in the group and um, I hope this helps. And remember, always keep an open mind because that's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. <laughs>